Anyway, Dad. Oh, you're starting. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's episode 21 of Super High Sci-Fi. For those of you who have been paying close attention, it is another cycle of seven episodes. Episode 14 and episode 7 saw a very special guest. And now, in I, I guess every sense of the word, including the mainstreaming and education way, our special guest is back. Dad. Hey, guys. Hi, Dad. How are you? I'm, I'm good. It's Father's Day, right? Yeah, it is. So what we got... two great sons I have inviting me to the podcast. Okay, great. Even though I've tried to budge myself in the last 20 times, but I get every seven times. You didn't watch any of the movies we were talking about. <laughs> you guys let me on today for Happy Father's Day. How lame is that? Happy Father's Day. That's your present. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah. We're, we're going with a, you know, low-scale presence now. Uh, Justin's back out of his coma. Hey, what's up? Uh, not much, Justin. How are you? Pretty good. First time I've seen daylight in a, about a week. That must be exciting. Yeah, it is. Do you live in a cave? Uh, have been. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Justin's been very busy. Yes, I have. On a special project. Just like uh, Grammar Wormtongue was busy with a special project in our film discussion for today. But before we get to hearing about how everybody really liked Alien Resurrection and thought it was the best entry in the series so far. Ha uh ha. -huh. I'm glad you caught it that, Dad. It was good. I was trying to go for subtle. Uh, some interesting science news to cover, starting with uh, real-life Tony Stark mad scientist Elon Musk. Justin, you said you read the title to the article and you know everything about it now. Yeah. Take it away. So, uh, based on what I read of the article, which wasn't too much, it sounds like Elon Musk is planning on launching some satellites into you know space and orbit to actually provide uh, internet to the whole world, similar to like a cell phone service. Um, it's actually pretty cool idea uh you know we'll see if elon can do it it's kind of like he has a lot of cool ideas honestly um the this one seems more reasonable than the uh what is the high speed rail one he's hyperloop oh, yeah the, the hyperloop. hyperloop yeah that seems a little more out there like a few years maybe decade away this is you know he's got spacex he can do it himself if he wants to just throw some things up there so you got a network you need a network of 4,000 satellites to provide internet to the entire world. So mm -hmm. that sounds really, really expensive to me, but I'm all for it if it kills Comcast and Time Warner and all the other shit internet providers that we have to deal with now. Uh, I still think this will be like, well, maybe it's in the article that I didn't read. Um. You, mean, you, you mean, Justin, you got that all from the title, just reading the title? Yeah. I'm impressed. I, wow. I, I scanned some other words, scanned. you know, Elon Musk, SpaceX. Falcon 9, got it. This is how college works now. See, I've, I've known Justin for a long time. He actually never studied in high school either. I did never study in high school, yeah. Anybody study no. in high school? No. Okay, well, I think that's a separate inside baseball discussion, Dad. Oh, okay. All right, yeah. back on task? <laughs> is that what you're trying to do? Yeah, so to borrow your phrase from other podcast appearances, back on topic. Back on topic. I think my concern with this would be the latency. Yeah, I, I don't expect this to be, you know, something you use to, you know, play a game online or anything like that. It's going to be for, you know, lower income areas or play, or places that, like, don't have internet access, really, like, you know, super boonies, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, middle of a cornfield somewhere or, like, you know, Africa. Like, those places are going to see the big benefit of this. Um, How about airplanes? 
the FCC probably wouldn't probably be too happy about it still, but no. you know, well, maybe. That's, that's how you get in-flight Wi-Fi in airplanes right now. Right, but it yeah. sucks. You pay a lot of money and it sucks, basically. Well, I think you pay a lot of money because they're the only player in town for, you know, the few hours you're in the air, so. True. Yeah, you're, you're captive, but I think this is interesting. I wonder what the pricing's gonna be. Should be free. Well, yeah. It just depends on how he can scale it. Like if he goes through this huge cost of putting all those satellites out there, it just depends on how many people would use that service or how many, you know, governments or agencies would distribute the service to, to people and where they would get it. Because if he gets like a hundred million people using it, it could pay for itself. But mm -hmm. that seems really, really steep hill to climb. But it's a great idea. I think it is because, you know, get rid of bad internet service right now that the Current providers said that they were going to provide for those rural areas, but they've never followed through on it. Well, they've been given a ton of money to yeah. do those rural areas, and they're just like, ah, we're going to use those on our marketing campaigns. Right, or you know, we're going to just give it to our shareholders. Which Then they come back and ask for more money five yeah, years exactly. later. Yeah, it's kind of shit. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of ambivalent about this because um, you know, I'm going to miss Time Warner calling and say we'll be there between 8 and 12. And then never showing up until one or two. It's more like between nine and five. So like the exact time that you have to be at work usually. <laughs> and, you know, they, they probably still not show up at the time they say. We'll be there sometime today. Yeah. And we're not picking on Time Warner, right? Because oh, we've yeah. had them all. We've had Comcast. We've had Time Warner. We've had Charter. They all. They, they, they all, all have the same crappy model. So. I mean, I've never had time, or uh, Comcast, but I've just heard horror stories. Time Warner. It's something the best for me, but it's like, yeah, I'll deal with them. I think you, a good day with Time Warner is when you don't have to t call them or tell them anything. Yeah. That's, yeah. Or reset anything. Right. Yeah. But that's why this is a really interesting sci-fi idea because you could potentially, you know, really envision a future world where this legacy of the old world is completely gone. You know, the way we consume, like, data and things like <laughs> that and provide uh, data transfer services and things you know it could all be sitting out there in orbit instead well, of I, on the ground I, don't, I just expect this to be something to compete with the existing services sort of like how direct tv competes with you know traditional cable tv services like yeah. you have you know a satellite on your roof to you know get internet yeah sure like maybe in five years i think you're probably right but say like 50 years down the road it could mm -hmm. be you know we could get all of our terrestrial data transfer done by a orbiting satellite and it'll be like hundreds of yeah i don't know how many satellites you can fit in earth's orbit without it getting messy up there i know there's a lot of Millions. space junk yeah wouldn't, wouldn't we be susceptible to alien attacks though more so than we already are because well, we put four thousand satellites up or? yeah i mean wouldn't that wouldn't that be like a shiny ball to the to the average alien out there in the galaxy? I'm assuming that within like 30 years, we'll have some kind of like orbital defense satellites too that shoot like we are talking know, super aliens lasers there, right? and stuff. Yeah. We are talking about aliens, but uh, yeah. not like the Independence Day aliens. These are the, the bug aliens. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Okay, Contain bug. yourself. We're, we're going to get to that. That's something I hated about it that we could talk about. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well just, hold that. Yeah, hold that, hold that, that. thought. They, have, they never decide quite what it is. Um, Speaking of rural areas, though, not having anything, there's uh, now engines and electricity that are powered by evaporation, which is really interesting. Really? Yep. Uh, wow. 
it's concept. Small right scale. Now. Did you read? Small did you read scale. the article? I actually one? read this article, okay. and there's well, a YouTube video that. Uh, I'm really listening it. now, Justin. I'm sure the listeners are too. It's what? a small scale <laughs> application. <laughs> Clark, you do this one. Don't be mean to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not being mean. I, I was just trying to throw him a bone here. He read this one. I can tell he's perked up in his chair. He's sitting there. He's ready to pontificate. Because I'm ready to call this thing shit. But Justin, Clark can... Justin's not a board member. You can harass. Don't do that. <laughs> right. All right, bring it on, Justin. Okay, so these uh, these uh, researchers at Columbia University um, basically found this way to take water and actually use evaporation and humidity to uh, power engines. Um, the way they're doing this is they have these uh, small strips with, uh, I think they said spores on it or some yeah. sort of bacteria. So when it gets humid versus, you know, a more arid uh, environment that the it shrinks and expands so they can use that to either like create an imbalance in a wheel to you know spin it or they can you know open and close shutters um, so like what they did in the video that I saw they put a little strap onto this wheel that they have and they have a turn and they're moving a little tiny car um, I mean of course in the video it was all you know the size of you know a laptop if that um, so it's like super small scale, and it didn't seem like it was generating that much energy from this. Um, so, I mean, it's just concept in the lab right now. And they had, you know, big ideas like, oh, you can power an engine, you know, in a car or, you know, charge batteries or do all this other things. But um, I don't know. It just seems like something that doesn't really scale that well possibly. Um, what do you think, Clark? I think the article, if you had read it closely, Justin... Yes. Would reveal to you at the end that uh, the movement the engine generated, it's enough to power a flashlight, and the concept is also used in a turbine engine to power a car. Like a, a, I, I'm assuming a, uh, a not, uh, not the, the model car, car, not the toy car, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think this is just a scale issue. You're not getting a lot of power because it's the size of, like, a grapefruit. Yeah, I mean, and just looking at the article now and... Um, I watched the the video. It, they didn't ever say like how much you know power was being generated, like how much you know watts was being generated from mm -hmm. this whole process of you know even what they had in the lab. It was sort of just like, oh yeah, it's really cool. Like we found this cool new way to you know think about power. It's like, yeah, I can appreciate that, but they didn't really have a lot of details saying like, oh hey, like you can if you have like thirty seven of these strips, you can power a light bulb, or if it's see right. that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see yeah. like an actual comparison of what they've done so far with how much power is being generated versus conventional forms of you know electricity generation or something like that controlling for the size right mm -hmm. um but and they also really didn't present i don't know like a inspiring vision behind this thing like i just don't want to hear it might run a car like i want them to tell me about the how the world is going to be when their evaporation technology is like powering like power plants and stuff like that or anything or yeah. It's uh, a proof of concept. You got to I know it's really raw and I'm not shitting on them. It's a, it's a it's a really cool idea. It's just I don't know. To get me interested, I think they needed that full kind of story right. arc. But I mean, you're you're talking about like nuclear power and they're still at the hello 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 Alexander Graham Bell test. Like this is just the start. Yeah, the very very beginning of this technology. Kind of like mm. cows and methane gas. 
as yeah. a source. Well, yeah, they, source. right. They take methane from uh, cow manure. Well, yeah, and landfills too. Yeah, they take the methane and burn it there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, actually, local in Cincinnati, Rumpke does that as a, a natural gas power plant. Yep, you can smell it when you go up there. You can, but it's better than just letting the trash sit in the ground. Yes. And I, I think this is a, a cool thing that you can do that uh, I don't think you really need clean water to do this either. Obviously, they were using clean water in the lab, but I mean, yeah, this seems like water we'll evaporates pretty evenly. So it just seems like one of those articles that, you know, comes out every few years. It's like, oh, this amazing new thing. Like, you know, I think a few years ago, you know, graphite was like coming out. Graphite. And it's like, yeah. And it's like it sounded like a really cool concept. And it's like. Nothing really happened in the past couple of years with it that I've heard oh, about. Uh, graphene. Graphene, graphene, yeah, yeah. graphene. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, just, you, you should go work with DARPA then. I, it seems like one of those things that you just like, you hear about and then like, you don't hear about it for a long time or it just sort of fades until, you know, these Well, kind of yeah, like, but I mean, this is probably one of those things that when they discovered the application for it, the graphene, it was like their first and foremost choice is going to be aerospace and defense. Mm-hmm. Tank well, armor. Yeah. I don't think they were hearing so much about like graphene, for instance, because when that became a big news item, they started like patenting the shit out of all applications of graphene. So I think like Samsung actually owns like over a thousand patents on applications oh, for, really? for graphene. So I assume that we're going to start hearing more about graphene like a year from now because they've taken all those patents and they're kind of doing deep research in their internal labs right now. So I'm guessing they're trying to wait to wow us uh, yeah. uh, dude uh, what's graphene yeah you know what graphene is no i don't <laughs> okay it's like a it is like one it's like a one atom thick layer of like a composite material made of um is it graphite and something else it's carbon yeah. it's yeah it's graphene is like a, a unique it's a lattice of carbon molecules that go together and it's 200 times stronger than steel Oh, right. For the I, equivalent, yeah, I, like, thickness and weight. Yeah, I knew that. I just wanted to make sure the listeners did. Yes. So, I mean, if if the listeners are thinking about applications of this, it's like, you know, you're talking about airplane body frames, replacements super, for aluminum. Super, super light, yeah, super, like, super hard. And graphene conducts electricity, too. So it could replace silicon in computers, anything And like heat that. conducts heat really right. well. It's just a very interesting material that has a lot of properties, but like you said, Grant, it's probably being researched by companies that hold the patents because... Yeah, I just remember reading that like Samsung and Apple and a couple others like Philips Electronics were just trying to get as many patent applications for this as they could at the time, mm -hmm. so I assume that we're going to hear a lot more about it soon. Okay. Maybe it's the same thing that'll happen with the evaporation technology. Somebody's going to... Once they get it to a higher stage, they'll just companies will just start trying to license and patent it, and then we'll actually get something out of it. That seems to be the way it always works. Well, I don't know. With power, it just seems like there's so many like established things in place. You know, coal, oil, whatever. That it's a lot harder to break into it. Beside, like, someone can come in and is like, yeah, we'll buy your technologies to you know kind of kill it off. Yeah, it's like you have to beat the the price per unit of energy in order to mm -hmm. really, and then you have to, I mean, be, and maybe yeah. this can beat the price per yeah. unit per energy or per energy currently in a few years, but you know, some oil company, you know, is going to come by and be like, Hmm, like this looks like it could be, you know, bad for my business and just buy it up and buy these guys out. Yeah. I think you're right. Just like graphene's probably not going to be able to challenge, you know, a Silicon integrated, uh, you know, wafer for like another 
five years, ten years, maybe. Like, mm-hmm. you know, actually get to the performance of, like, an Intel, like, quad core or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, my bet with graphene is that Apple's going to put it in one of their things first. Yeah. Because it's so lightweight. Yeah. Yeah, and you can make things thinner based on it. Yeah. Yeah. 200 times stronger <laughs> right. than steel. Apple's going to come out with the it's one. It's the most beautiful design we've ever yeah. made. It's going to be the one centimeter <laughs> thick laptop. The Speaking of patents and refining technology, the ILM, which is Industrial Light and Magic, which is George Lucas's special effects company that's now owned by Disney, has partnered with, I guess themselves really, with Skywalker Sound and Lucasfilm to create uh, virtual reality experiences of the Star Wars movies. So I guess... (laughs) (laughs) Virtual reality what? experiences of the Star Wars movies. So okay, cool. their, their like end that. game is that you're going to be able to put on like an Oculus Rift or whatever mm-hmm. and walk through the scenes in the movie. Cool. And, and from all different perspectives. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, mean, I just don't get this. Like, like I know ILM does a lot of stuff like this because they use it as like test beds for things they can do in live action movies. But like, what am I going to do with this? Like, can I go up and like, you know, oh, I can like, I can see everything from R2's like point of view or whatever, or like I have to look up all the time, or like oh, I'm gonna like touch three PO's dick. Well, or I something think that this now. is like meant to be a a you're free to walk around as you please. Ooh, I'm gonna go to the sand crawler and barter for some droids. Well, you could go to different different uh, what universes and galaxies and different planets and well, yeah, you do that. You can the, explore the solar system. They, there's an exploration potential, but there's also just like you can walk around and see something from a different perspective in the movie that might be interesting like yeah. just like turn around it's like hey there's cameras well like i'm the sure the job of the hut they're going to finish that out but like if instead yeah, I mean, of looking at what the art director wants you to see in the movie you could go stand over in Jabba's palace and watch the Luke Skywalker confrontation happen like stand next to Boba Fett or go stand in front of Jabba or something interesting like that or stand between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader when they're fighting on the Death Star and just enjoy a lightsaber getting shoved through you. Like, mm. Or feed figs to Princess Leia. Like that. Yeah, whatever. I mean, that okay. just highlights my point. I don't really see yeah. this as something <laughs> I'm going to do. I mean, oh, I see really? this being like an attraction at like Disney World. Or I think something. this would be awesome. Yeah. I think this would be really I cool. It would be like 20,000 leagues under the sea. It just seems like Street View for movies, kind of. like. Well, I think this is more than Street View, though. It's not like they're going to do some kind of fucked-up forced perspective where they're going to wrap the world and in, in, uh, you know, make it like convex so it looks like 3D like Street View does from their camera. This is actually going to be, a, from what I understand, a, a rendered photorealistic model of the scene that's like your perspective changes as you walk naturally, hmm. taking advantage of the Oculus Rift technology or other headset. So I, I would like that. You can go- so what are the specs that you need to participate in one of these Star Wars experiences? I mean, right now, because you have to have a pretty good PC to use Oculus Rift based on what they told us at E3, right? Well, because Oculus Rift right now is a display device that's running off of the, the graphics card you have. Mm-hmm. But I think what this is, is they're doing like Mist or Resident Evil used to be. Like they're having really good 3D renders that you just move through. Okay. So your computer isn't isn't calculating the engine or anything. It's not. There's no like operations going on. It's just displaying like a 3D render that you then move through. I see this being interesting when they start actually making like 3D films that you can well, have I'm, interactive experiences like with. You but said, just like just like another yet another way to 
This is you their know, test, though. Like you hang said, hang out in Star Wars. They're testing this out. <laughs> this will probably be licensed elsewhere and licensed to horrible effect. I'm sure, like with Transformers or something. But as far as being able to be in the film, all those stupid 4D experiences where they occasionally blow some wind on you or something, like, well, it won't. That, that's it all will, done. I will be interested at the point where you can not only be in the film per se, uh, but also affect the outcome of things like they actually creating like a a virtual world which i know is a lot longer ways off i can but, see it as a ride yeah that's what i see it as like a ride yeah, at yeah. Disney world. this yeah. would be a disney experience but it's i like think the this upgraded would be cool. version of star tours this would be cool at home though i Maybe think upgraded I version of the star trek thing you and i did years ago yeah when you were exactly little. exactly like that you don't know what star tours is no i don't Oh, Star Tours is kind of, it's like a, um, a cockpit simulator ride. It's a ride at Universal Studios. Yeah. And you get in this cockpit simulator thing and uh, it, it, it pushes moves you over the edge. And, you know, it's like you're in a Star Wars film and you're flying around and uh, stuff. And maybe I it's did like go on that. It's like one of those roller coaster simulators at a carnival. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Just a much bigger version. Unless you have Vertigo, it's pretty cool. I think I actually may have gone there because I did go to Universal Studios when I was younger. And you just take vertical pills in your pocket. Yeah, because it takes you over the edge. Like you're falling over the edge, and you, yeah. you're out there, and it, it freaks you out for a little bit. Maybe I did go on that. It's been a long time since I went there. but Yeah, but I think this, would, this technology would be interesting as it is right now. I know that you want to affect the outcome of the movie, but I would be happy just sitting down and watching that weird fishball opera that Senator Palpat or Emperor Palpatine and Anakin are at where they're having a chat. I mean, I think it would be kind of cool if, like, they made movies that sort of catered to, you know, the Oculus Rift headset sort of thing. So, like, how, like, you know how they make movies for, like, 3D, you know, the goofy effect where, like, stick your hand out, like, Ooh. Like or, Avatar? Yeah, like... Well, what did it sound like again? <laughs> 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 but, like, uh, in Justin, sense, you're really scaring me now. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just, they made it with, like, you know... That they know you're going to be watching it through, you know, an Oculus Rift headset. That'd be kind of cool right. if they made effects for that. You know, they, you know, they don't always do this, but you know, they have if you have headphones on, you can hear things happening on both sides in stereo. Um, if they just made that for, you know, your eyes, like you can see like things coming out of the corner of your eye with a headset on, and maybe you can like look around in little in scenes sometimes, see yeah. what's going on. I give it, I give it credit because I do think it'll get so much better in a short amount of time and mm -hmm. it's just that right now doesn't wow me i'm waiting for that wow moment to get me and i just don't know what that is because virtual reality stuff is is so new yeah this, it's yeah. it's just on the cusp of people getting it into their hands and making things with it right now so yeah. it's like you're seeing a lot of the things where it's just like you know people falling on their faces just trying things out yeah and i fully accept that you know, the kind of 3D immersive world that I'm talking about is not going to be available for you want you know, a at least a decade. You want a holodeck. Right. <laughs> well, or not a holodeck. Well, that would be really cool, but I think that's even longer a ways off. But something like a completely interactive, like photorealistic Oculus simulation with mm -hmm. a less um, clunky headset and stuff, I think that's probably like a decade off. And the guy, um, the founder of Oculus... Um, Palmer Mark Zuckerberg? Luck no, well he owns it. Yeah, Palmer <laughs> yeah, Mark, Lucky, the guy, Mark Zuckerberg. The, the founder. Yeah, he, yeah, he said yeah. at E3 that he doesn't think that virtual reality is going to be like. There's never going to be an iPhone moment for virtual reality. <coughs> that it's kind of going to be a very slow burn. <coughs> and uh, well, if, if that got like 
coughed out. Like, no, no, you're you're good. Yeah, it's he said it's going to be a really slow burn for this. That there's never going to be like an aha moment for it. It's just going to be gradually. It's going to get better and better and better. And you know, he said like a decade, and then he thinks. I think augmented reality is probably the bigger challenge, but. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully this goes well because there are some other films I'd like to see that I would enjoy walking around in the scene. Alien Resurrection is not one of them. No. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I might have a different point of view. Well, Dad, what do you think of Alien Resurrection? Well, I have to have a sound effect here, don't I? Yeah, you, you should use a sound so effect here. So the, the choices are it was the best movie I've ever seen. You should hold it close to you, though, when you do Or it's the shittiest movie I've ever seen. And maybe in between. So let's see. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. What possessed Sigourney Weaver, a talented actress, to participate in that shithole experience? Money. Money. That was bad. That was bad. Bad, bad, bad. She needed to buy another big house. I guess. Jeez. A big pile of gold, probably. Yeah, the writing her. was horrible in it. The cinematography was bad. The, the story sucked. The cinematography? <laughs> yeah, hography. That was bad. The lighting was bad. The special effects were uh, mediocre. I think the special uh, effects were horrible for 1997. Yeah. Astrocious trash. Yeah, they were awful. That was, this was the year Titanic came out. The Phantom Menace. No, Phantom Menace was 1999. Oh, that was 98. Are you sure no. about that? I'm sure. Let me look it okay. up my iWatch. It was when the sure. Phantom Menace was being filmed, let me put it that way. Yeah, Titanic did come out in 1997. Yeah. Men in Black was out. Independence Day had happened. Like, Right. No excuse for crappy CGI yeah. rolling grenades. Especially with the, what's the ship of theirs? The, what's it called? The Auriga or something? No, the pirate ship. Oh, the pirate ship? Uh, the Betty? Yeah. When that, the Betty's going up inside the, the Auriga, like floating up to the docking, that, that would have been really amazing for 1987. That would have been super cool, but... It looks fake. For 1997, yeah. that's like, that's dog shit. Yeah. They should feel bad about that. They're trying to keep with the same special effect level in that one scene in um, Aliens, where like the ship's flying through the explosions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the blue screen. The drop thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, it looked like that for the whole movie, though, so. Yeah. <laughs> the, the CGI was so bad. All I think of is the worst CGI part was the, the general rolling the grenade into the, the pod. Oh yeah. And it's just like, that was totally unnecessary, and it looked like shit. And <laughs> I think the worst part of that is the alien that crawls into the pod. Oh yeah, before oh, the grenade goes in. No, like okay. It, oh yeah, that, that, that I had was to bad. stop the movie from laughing so hard at that scene because like the alien like crawls in, I'm just like cracking up there, and then when the pod shoots out into space and it like explodes. Oh yeah. Like, like oh my god, this looks like. I don't know. Like it just looks like a firework. It looks like sixty Star Trek. <laughs> like they did a hard cut where they removed the right. model and then put and then a bomb stuck there. It back in. Yeah, right. <laughs> and just blew it up. No, that was weak. The alien, the actually the alien, in terms of what it looked like, it was pretty good. The up close shots and all that, but that scene where it goes into the the spaceship at the end, that was so bogus. Well, when it's like you know a physical model that they're yeah. working with, those yeah. look okay on a stick. But it looks like it was it's, on a stick. Yeah, when it's on a stick, it looks kind of like, you know, weird. A little weird, like kind of alien-ish. Like, well, as soon as it goes into CGI and it's just like, you know, 
swimming or dancing or crawling into a ship, whatever yeah. the fuck it does. Like, it just looks, ugh. This like, movie always, these movies always look better when it's a guy in a suit or a puppet. Well, like, ironically. <laughs> it looks best when yeah. it doesn't show the full alien. But within, yeah. like, the first five minutes of the movie, it's like, here's the full alien. Like, ooh, super scary. It's yeah. like, okay, well, you just blew your load, and it's the first five minutes of the movie. Like, <laughs> And I don't like how they did... Uh, they made them bulkier in this movie. Like the the aliens were like really muscular looking and stuff, and they were like they gave them lion roars and shit. And like, what the hell is with that? Like they're not they're not like monsters like that in that sense. But they are monsters. They are monsters. No, humans are the real monsters, Clark. Oh, that's the that's that's, <laughs> that the, that's the moral of the story. <laughs> That's the moral of the story. Humans are the real monsters. So, so how does how does Sigourney Weaver come back? She gets cloned back. Yeah, she died she did, in the third movie. Right, and, she, she, and they took a blood sample from what she got blood taken in the third movie, and then they had, they find the blood sample because it was at the company labs or something, and then Walmart apparently bought the company or some shit like that. And yeah, the story's fucked. And but, then they okay, put, but the then they put an aliener, right? And then they, yeah, they, and then they chop it out over the opening right. scene, and then she is, he has these miraculous powers, yet the scar on her abdomen doesn't heal. Where well, everything what? else what? does heal. Right. That's, and even when she cuts her palm open, right. that heals. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I, uh, I don't know. It's like the little details, stuff like that pisses me off sometimes. <laughs> I think you said, though, before <laughs> about Walmart being in the movie, like, it just, like, the whole movie felt like it was trying to be, like, it felt it was like, trying to be serious like oh like science cloning then like it does some goofy shit with like the general that looks like a fucking bear and like walmart <laughs> and like it's like what is going on in this movie? like i don't even know what i'm supposed to be like the general looks like a bear because <laughs> of his hairy back or yes <laughs> yeah yeah shave that thing <laughs> Jesus. yeah like they, that should have been in his contract like God. get rid of that shit before you appear on screen but he's not even a serious actor no <laughs> he's an eyeball actor is what yes. he is and like he it, it didn't even give it any seriousness. He, he's like mouth-fucking a lemon for five minutes. Like, Jesus. When he's, he and Pirate Captain Guy are talking. Well, he spends like most of the movie that he's alive like cleaning his fucking boots yeah. or whatever. <laughs> the shoe polish. Lighting <laughs> like his shoe polish his on fire. Whiskey, yeah. All right, now Ron Perlman was good. You have to admit that. Ron Perlman. He was over-the-top good. He'll, yeah, he's over-the-top good. I like him, but he'll show up and do anything for like free lunch on set. And. <laughs> 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 I like him a lot, though. He was like probably one of the only characters in the movie that was worth paying attention to. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was believable as the bad guy, badass guy. Yeah, but he's afraid of spiders. But he's actually not <laughs> really badass. What? Afraid of spiders? Did you notice he was afraid of spiders? Like he, right, he shot the aliens thing. and then he like turns and the spider's web is there and he's like, whoa, shit. I must have <laughs> zoned out during that part. Yeah, like, you must, that button must, you can't must have turned you. it off. The, it was a metaphorical yeah. thing. He's a tough guy, but still he's yeah. afraid of spiders. Gotcha. He's, he's a tough guy, but he's vulnerable <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. yeah. All the cliches. Great writing, great present. writing. Yeah. And I think that this is just proof for everybody who thinks that Joss Whedon is the second coming of Jesus with a typewriter. He that did a bad job. Or, that, and he yes. claims that a lot of what he wrote never ended up on screen. <clears throat> but I think he's full of shit that he really did write what ended up on screen, and he's just so embarrassed by it. It just, it's, it seems Joss Whedon-y, though, because it, okay, I guess that our, our one of our guests is taking a leak. Like I was saying before, is that the this seems kind of Joss Whedon-y in that. Who's Joss Whedon-y? 
Joss uh, Whedon. Joss that, Whedon. He's a director, producer, writer. writer. Oh, yeah. yeah he yeah, did yeah, Buffy. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure a lot of our listeners know him. He did Buffy. Uh, Angel. He, right. He did Angel. The Avengers he 1 did, and 2. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, know, I remember that. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. He's done a lot of stuff. He's usually really That was based good. on a true story, you know. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And all of his characters are... That, what I don't like about his writing, and especially what shows in this movie, is all of his characters are... They're they're too smart. Like they're all quippy people who are like too self aware, and they're gonna be smarmy and make little jokes. It's it's like a fusion of Quentin Tarantino's talking too much and Joss Whedon's people are too clever in this movie. Like, just shut the fuck up. Stop making jokes about everything. Like, you don't have to be self aware and cool all the time, and you really don't have to be like the guy with the trench coat, like. Um, Dreadlocks guy with the the arm pistols. Yeah. Just just it looks like a a goth convention, all these people. Do they just need black eyeliner on? <laughs> I hate every character in this movie, I really do. Well the, the the thing too, they kill the most interesting member of the the Betty crew, like really early on. The the captain. Captain whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, I forget his name, but he his character was at least interesting, and you actually get a lot of scenery with him and the general before starts everything starts going to hell and stuff, and then they just kill him. Like, the right when the aliens escape, he's like the first person to die. And it just it got on my nerves because he seemed like the most interesting character. It's like they should have killed the like the stupid guy in the wheelchair or oh the, the, guy, the guy with the guns on his arms or, you know, even Ron Perlman's character. Guy in gun wheelchair guy should have died, though. Gun huh? guy and wheelchair guy both really bother me. The wheelchair guy more so because, like, you have, like, this super badass group of people on, you know, this mercenary ship. They're, like, you know, taking over. Like, space pirates, basically. They stole that one ship, so it's, like... Yeah. What's a wheelchair guy doing there, like, I mean... We got something against wheelchair guys? No, not that. It's just, like... It doesn't make sense for him to be in space and, like, part of a badass space pirate crew. Like, it seems like to be like, hey, like... He should at least have a more mobile wheelchair. Yeah, because, yeah. like, it was the goofiest thing. Like, oh, one scene fucking pissed me off. They have these doors open, and he just does this little, like... He turns around. little <laughs> circle. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what and the fuck? He's assembling the gun from the pieces That's what really wheelchair. pissed me like, off. Is it... Like, you're telling me the yeah. military can't f- detect that shit? Oh, not that, but the, that the alien gave him the time to do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, that it was, like, crawling yeah. up in the... Oh, like, the yeah, aliens... it, it, like, suddenly turned to, like, Dragon Ball Z time, like, where it's right. like, I have enough time to, like, power the up. The alien's right on top of him, <laughs> and it's looking at him, and it's like, you know, Freezer, this planet's gonna explode in five minutes, and then there's five episodes on the planet where three hours go by. Yeah, but it's assembling a gun. Right, yeah, he puts the gun together, the alien conveniently waits to be shot, like, 50 times with a shotgun that... I don't think has any capacity to shoot 50 slugs, but there you go. Ah, another thing. Okay, in Aliens, they, like, establish this whole thing, oh, my God, we shoot them, and, like, acid sprays in my face. But, like, this movie, it was, like, super selective about, like, sometimes it sprays in my face, sometimes it doesn't, like... And now the aliens can spray acid, like, dinosaurs from Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay, sometimes they can spray acid, sometimes they have to kill one of their own and, like... Yeah, exactly. Do it. I'm like, you have no consistency, like, with any, like... The established lore, even that you're setting up yourself in this own movie, it's like. And they the fuck are you doing? The acid blood into like it looks like fucking Gak from Nickelodeon this that time around. Like it doesn't even look like acid blood. So what about yeah. the water scene? 
I, uh -huh. You must have timed it. They must have swam uh -huh. underwater for like 10 minutes. Yeah, so they're all like I Navy mean, come SEALs. On. They can right. hold, <laughs> hold their breath for hours. Yeah. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> the only one that makes sense for her is Winona Ryder because she's the robot. Like, right. I'll buy that, but... The only one. Right, and they think she's dead, and then she like opens the fucking door. And how'd she and stuff, get up like, there? Oh, yeah. Uh, did, she, did she swim back and get the elevator? She took the elevator. Yeah, yeah she, she got the express yeah. elevator. Oh, wait, all the elevators were supposed to be it, shut down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the... Oh, I hate oh. that scene so much. And then that, Okay, now that you say that again, you just remind me more things that piss me off. Like, Glad I can It help. suffered a lot of that... There's like one movie trope that I really hate where it's like... You shoot a lock and it opens, or you shoot a lock and it closes. Whatever you want to do to a lock in the door, it does yeah. what you want. And it happened a few times in that movie. Oh, like when Ripley shorts out the lock with her blood and opens the convenient escape yeah. door? It's like, yeah, like why, why is that even there? <laughs> like, like no, <laughs> no, okay. If she was, like, doing something, like, you know, messing around, like, looking like she was, like, messing with the wires, like, oh, like, beep, 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 pop, and, like, the door opens, like, you're hot-wiring your car, but, like, you spray acid on some wires... The door's going to stay shut. I don't know why, in what world, doors open with acid on their freaking In Joss Whedon's yeah, world. In the, the, Joss Whedon's world is 200 years from now, Justin. Come on. <laughs> so in 200 years, in somehow 200 technology years. has devolved <laughs> to the point where you no, spray No, no, technology acid. has evolved. It's evolved to the point where it interprets what you want to happen and then does it. Right. So like a little circuit board just says, oh, she really wants to get out of here. I'm going to well, open this. It was this. father. Father yeah. was controlling everything. He figured it out. Yeah, like, oh, she like wants to open the door. A giant okay. boot jukebox and like Sigourney Weaver's Fonzie, like bam, yeah, door yeah. open. Hey, like, hey. Again, why, would the, why would the computer do that? The computer's not on her side. The computer knows she's like a captive. But I, the computer just interpreted that's what she wanted. You know, no, that's it's, it's programmed to make you that. happy. Sounds like it's fucked up to me. Yeah, that's fucked up. I don't believe that. So okay, so I didn't watch Aliens three. Was there any sort of like? Oh, whoa, whoa, set? time out. You didn't watch. Do no, what? I didn't watch Aliens three. Because oh, I wasn't okay. here last week. Oh, all right. I was in a coma. Um, did they, like, set up anything with, like, a whole, like, father thing? Or is it just, no. like, they're pulling from the first movie, like, oh, mother, mother was in the first father, movie. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. we're going to have this other system called father. Like, I don't know. Because the, if, if you were born the year Alien came out mm -hmm. and you went and saw Alien Resurrection, like, it, I guess they figured that within that, the people who saw the first movie would, would appreciate that. But everybody else would just be like, okay. It just seems like it's how many years in the future? Like two hundred. Two hundred. It's like said she died. Yeah, if you had like Windows, like it wouldn't be called Windows in two hundred years. I hope. Like, why would they keep with the name convention of father, mother, uncle, brother, sister? Because the screenwriter thought it would be funny. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> we're laughing. We're on the floor here. We're dying. Mm -hmm. So what this movie is though, like it. You just reminded me of something, though. The, the like, just again, the stupid little details thing that like don't make sense. Like the guy with the guns in his arm. This is the thing that gets me the most. Is like he is, they establish he's such he can bounce bullets off like all these ankles and stuff, and like hit somebody in the back of the head without knowing where he's shooting. And then in the the water scene, right after that, he's trying to shoot the alien that's coming up the ladder, and it's like three feet away from him, and somehow he can't hit it. Like, like point suddenly blank. there are no angles. On, like, like, oh all these god! Like I can't hit it. It's right in front of me. <laughs> Like, what? I'm glad he died. And but, then he gets sprayed in the face with acid, but it doesn't, yeah. like, melt his head or anything. Yeah, He's just, just like, like, oh, my skin. He gives him acne. Like, yeah, just, or whatever. It was just a, just a little bit of acid. It wasn't much. 
Yeah, but that's they established in the first movie that that can like eat through like the decks of a starship. But oh. it still eats through the deck of a starship in this movie. Right. Yeah. But somehow it doesn't yeah. destroy. But his, somehow it's just like head. Oh, right. like yeah. a little. Yeah, like even scar. even Ripley's diluted version of the blood melts through the floor of the basketball court and. But speaking of the the shooting the guy in the back of the head with the angles before that, what pisses me off is that Ron Perlman grabs like the the guy's rifle from him and he's like, "Don't ever touch me," and then gives it back to him. And then he's thirty seconds guy. later, the captain's like, "Oh, let's kill these guys." If, if your plan is to kill these guys and escape, like, don't give his rifle back. Kill him. Like, don't make it harder on yourself. Maybe Ron Perlman's dumb. Did they know at that point that they were going to get killed? I think that was pretty clear, yeah. I mean, when, like, a bunch of guys with guns, yeah. you know, burst Storm into in your mess hall, like, hey, fuckers, you know, what are you doing? Including like, Tuco. Tuco. Yeah. 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 Oh, Tuco was there? Oh, yeah. man, a, ro- a machine designed by <laughs> other machines. Tuco or Tupac? Tuco from Tuco. Breaking Bad. Oh. Huh. Yeah. Oh. I didn't... He was the, the Marine who was on their side. Yeah. He's also in Training Day. It's the... Sh- uh, I, didn't cap- I didn't pick up guy. on that. Oh, I just, I just imagined him like smashing meth with the hilt of a knife and like snorting it before he fought the aliens. Because yeah. you ever get your sheep pushed in, man? He gets, pu- he gets pumped <laughs> up so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he says. Did you ever watch Breaking Bad, Dad? No, I don't no. do drugs, so it doesn't appeal to me. Okay. <laughs> non sequitur. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Plus, I liked him in Malcolm in the Middle, so I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I'd like him in Breaking Bad. No, you will. Well, at the end of Breaking Bad, it's revealed to be a dream where he wakes up as Hal, who dreamed he was a meth dealer. Whoa, 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 whoa. You just ruined it all for me. <laughs> Jesus, I was going to start watching that this fall when I was flying. Anyway, speaking of flying. Speaking of flying, when's, when's, uh, no. when's no, no, Walking no. Dead come on? No. Again. No, we're no. not doing this. Come story. on. We're absolutely not talking about Walking Dead. When are we going to do Walking Dead, incidentally? It's not sci-fi. We've, it is we've, sci-fi. No, it isn't. We've explained How this How can it not be times. sci-fi? It's not sci-fi. It's a virus. It's science fiction. That's not science fiction, though. It doesn't, it doesn't posit like a future world based on like some technology or... A, you know, a future occurrence. Or Nor anything. does it explain, like, it, by it's your like definition... Like a wait, 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 how do you know that the virus isn't some future thing? If Robert Kirkman wants to write in the comic book that the virus is a future thing sent by aliens, then it's sci-fi, but as long as it's... Well, can't like, we pretend the, it's that way so we can talk about it? No. 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 <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, let's. we could pretend Alien Resurrection is a good movie, but that's also... Uh, no, that wouldn't yeah. be good. So how come they swim under all the water, right? They're down there for like 20 minutes, it seems. And then they float up to the top, right into the baby nest. How lame is that? What doesn't make sense to me is the aliens swimming at all. Like, they're established to be like these terrestrial kind of things. Like, at best, I would expect them to swim as well as, you know, people. But all of a sudden, they're like swimming like a fish or whatever. I'm like, yeah. That, huh. that didn't make sense to me. Like they're, sp- I guess they explained it away as they be they're being highly adaptable to their environment, but still, that doesn't make sense to me. Because you're right, they are portrayed in the other films as like very sneaky creatures, and they kind of hide in a lot of places. Yeah, they slither around. Right, they're dormant for a long time. They don't move like fish, or they're not adapted to living underwater. Clearly, yeah. but they are. If you're the screenwriter, and this brings me back to what I was saying in our Jurassic World talk, like, if you are George Lucas and you're trying to get Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn out of the droid's way that's going to shoot them with the, sh- the lasers and the shield, they run away really fast, and you never revisit that power again. 
if hey. you're a screenwriter and you need the alien to be a swim underwater, now it does, like, just because you wrote it on the page. No spoilers. Haven't seen that yet. Oh. Jurassic World. Okay. Well, don't listen to our review of it then. Oh, okay. Yeah, don't listen to it. Was that last week? No, we... It was middle. It was a module B. the middle of the week. Oh, okay, okay. I listened to it on the airplane flying back last week. It was interesting. I'll have to go see it then. But... Watch it or maybe whatever. You remember the Phantom Menace, right? Yes. There's the droid decaz outside of the Trade Federation bridge. They're shooting at Obi-Wan Kenobi and Mm Qui-Gon. And they they can't defeat them, so they run away super-duper fast. Yeah, but later, when, when Obi-Wan had that open chance to run into the room where Darth Maul and Qui-Gon were fighting, and the it's little like, shields oh, were in the way, like, like, oh. yeah, he yeah. forgot how to run really fast. Mm-hmm. It, the only reason he ran really fast in the first place is because George Lucas needed to get them out of the way. He wrote them into a corner. So in this movie, it's like they have to swim underwater, but I guess the aliens can swim now, too. And also the aliens are now okay. pack animals that have like a hierarchy, and then there's like a hybrid clone, and you clone somebody with an alien inside them, and their DNA recreates the alien. Is yeah. that what happens? Holy like, shit. It's too deep for me. It's a lot of, there's a lot of <laughs> fucked up pseudoscience stuff. Yeah, there's just stuff. a lot of like made up, you know, that's the way it is because the script needs to be that way so we can finish on time and get this in the can. Like, that's my impression of how this went. I just don't like how they, also how they interpret, like I was saying before, I don't like how they made the aliens like much bulkier and gave, made them like lion roar and stuff like that because, I mean, that just makes them so cliche, but also they treat them like they're bugs. And I don't like that because the other movies established that they're they're not bugs. They they gave them like that brown color in this movie, and everything they do like looks like they're making like a like a beehive or something. Mm-hmm. That is like not the sense I got watching Aliens. Like I didn't. That was the whole point. Like they weren't like anything, right? And yeah. now it's like they're they're like giant cockroaches. <laughs> I'm just thinking back to that one scene. Or, like, they have the aliens in a little, like, glass containment unit, and, like, they have that goofy fucking scientist with the bomb. Oh, yeah. Fuck. What, what is that guy's deal? He's, like, they... He wants to like, fuck the aliens. Oh, just kissing the, the, the yeah. glass. Like, yeah, I, I was just like, oh, my God, this is... You're a beautiful butterfly. Brad Dourif, like, yeah. acting weird again. <laughs> That's his job. Wait, what else was he in? He's Grimmer Wormtongue. Grimmer Wormtongue. Sauron, or Saruman's little assistant in... Uh, Lord of the Rings. He's also the guy who's like whispering into King Theon's ear. Theoden. Theoden's ear. Like the when the guy's oh. like the crippled old man and Gandalf frees him from the curse. He's like the guy who's saying like, oh, kill your son, master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. he, he just plays weird, creepy people. That's his deal. Oh. Yeah. That's his typecast. That was the sound effect for the movie. The door was open. Oh, and just the, the, the whole... <laughs> Yeah, okay. The, the the whole fucking plot of this movie, too, is just an annoying, like, oh, we're on this side of the ship, and we have to go through the deadly maze to get to the, you know, to get to the end. It's like a basically a giant game of Pac-Man. It's an ooey bull movie. Yeah. Is what it seems like. Yeah, and I, I hate that. I just, like, there's no real objective for them, but, like, oh, we've got to get to the ship. We've got to get to the ship, and... Like, let's take the most circuitous path we can possibly devise to get there. I'm surprised that What's-Her-Face, Winona Ryder, couldn't fly the ship remotely, Bishop-style. because right, she could fucking plug into the whole right. system and kill the uh, father computer system. Yeah, and nothing it. against Winona Ryder, but couldn't they pick a more interesting character to play a robot than her? Or they didn't let her character come alive. They didn't, yeah, they like, didn't really write like one-dimensional. I like, think her character just sucked. It was like... Yeah. yeah. 
You know, that again, like, there's a bunch of deleted no scenes for this movie <coughs> where they actually give the characters more stuff to do, and it's more interesting. Like, that one scene in the beginning where they're giving Ripley the, the test with the pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's so long and drawn out where, like, the general, they're explaining t- to the general. Well, instead of explaining it to us, like, the scene that they deleted made that really simple because they just showed her a picture of a little blonde girl and she knew who she knew what it was because she thought it was the newt from the other film and that's they could have just said oh see she remembers it must be some genetic thing maybe i saw that version because i saw the director's cut and they had the little yeah it's in the director's cut okay okay and see i thought that was a much better scene because it was much better for her character but they cut it out and they they gave us this shitty explanation about why you know it's like they were exposition about why it was happening which was I know. It's always less impressive. Get all the way back to the original premise of the movie. What was the premise of the movie? We're going to clone her and get the alien out of her because we can use the alien as a military weapon and to, like, create, you know, pharmaceutical drugs or something because we're, you know, was that Was that ever brokers. clear at the beginning of the movie? Not no. really, but they kind of explain it a few times during the movie. The evil doctor guy says, like, yes, we were going to, you know, make, make stuff I must out have of fallen that. asleep during that because I still didn't. <laughs> catch it so in alien 3 do they like wipe out all the aliens and that's why they need to clone her yes okay supposedly yeah well that that's what they made up like right <laughs> right they then Pr- they changed prometheus, their mind later prometheus is kind of retconned right. all that or made it l- more open okay yeah, yeah. They, they just they changed their mind a few times and then was this the last alien movie no um oh. there's if this is the last, well, this is the last just alien, alien movie. Like, yeah. yeah, it's the last one chronologically so far. And then there's Alien versus Predator, which is kind of like a different continuity. And then they released Prometheus a few years ago, which is like the prequel to the original Alien. Which I know you're probably not going to watch it. So probably not. No, <laughs> wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, we'll talk about it in another episode. Well, we're getting up there. We're yeah. going to have to do... So again, uh, why would Sigourney Weaver, a talented actress like she is, yeah. participate in such a piece of shit like this? Well, Dad, again, we're not going to name Money. the company, but you worked in Hollywood for a while. You know how that works. It's just uh, the, big, the big burlap sack with the green dollar sign on the side. You drop it off on their front doorstep. I thought it was for artistic purposes. That, okay, see, again, she, she complained, apparently, like we were talking about on the Alien 3 podcast we did, yeah. that she bitched about there being so many guns and aliens, and she didn't want Alien 3 to have any guns, which was, we agreed, part of the reason why the movie sucked, because there wasn't that gunplay action, right? Well, it made no sense. It made no sense to have a prison with no guns. Like it made no sense. And then in this movie, she comes back, there's tons of guns. People are getting shot left and right. (laughs) I think at this point, she probably just sort of gave up. Like, she saw Alien 3, and it's like, okay, well... It's beyond saving. I'm just gonna let them do whatever the fuck they want to it, and as long as yeah. I get my paycheck, I'm. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing her choice. I mean, I would choose the same thing if I want to make some money. But I think you're right. You know, it's just she did Alien Three, and Alien Three was yeah, like, like she fought her battle yeah. there, and like she lost, and it's like okay, well, yeah, you well, know, the way I look yeah. at that franchise is is just like it comes out of the, you know, it's a guy coming out of a bar at midnight, and you know he slips and breaks his leg in the alleyway, and his land. That's Alien Three, and then Alien Resurrection comes up and steals his wallet and stabs him in the back twice, and you know tea bags him or something. You know, <laughs> it just makes me think you of know, my favorite uh, Michael Caine quote. What's the Jaws movie he was in? Jaws: The Revenge. Yeah, he said, I, yeah. "I've never seen the movie, but I've seen the house it built, and it's pretty good." Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you gotta respect that. <laughs> 
so if that's where her perspective, like, you know, I'd fuck this, like I'll do whatever, I'm buy a house or whatever, set my kids up, then okay, I can understand that. But and how much did it gross this movie? Mm, God, I, I have it pulled up. Uh, what was box, the budget? What was the, the budget? The budget was uh, sixty to seventy-five million. Wow. Okay. And really? box office made a hundred and sixty to one hundred and sixty-one million. So it's so almost a hundred million on it. So probably yep. not as successful as they had wanted it to be. Yeah. So that's good coin for a movie. But I, yes, in the heady days of the late '90s, that would uh, that would be considered a not very successful movie profit. I think before. For a well, actually, looking at Alien Three, yeah. about the same hundred million there. So, but uh, this is though I think unique because this is the year Titanic came out, and then it's like, you know, a movie makes over a billion dollars in the late '90s. Now it's not so crazy, but. Mm-hmm. At that point in time, it was just I think it probably made everybody feel inadequate. Yeah. Studios and directors. Maybe. I mean, the movie makes ten times what yours did. Did you know that James Cameron directed Terminator? Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> did you know he directed Terminator 2? No. Yeah. Uh, did you know he wrote the screenplay for Terminator? Yes. Did you know that Harlan Ellison tried to sue him for the screenplay uh, he wrote about the Terminator? And Stan Winston did the makeup? Yes, I know that. Okay. Yeah. I just Stan did you also know that Stan Winston did the puppet effects for the aliens and aliens? No. Yeah. yeah. I do. Mm. Now I know. Stan Winston's now, what great in a lot of... Uh, he was. What yeah, smart he was kids a great I've guy. got on Father's Day. You know all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. All this helpful stuff that really uh, is, is good for real-life knowledge. This comes up a lot. You'd be I surprised. Yeah. Okay, sure. so what have we not talked about regarding this film? Yet? We haven't talked about their amazing technology that turns like a, a little sugar cube into whiskey. Oh, yeah, that's really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh great. I thought that was the best. Okay, the like best. that was just... Imagine how that shit tastes. <laughs> that was the coolest thing in the movie, but they never did anything else with it. Right. Like, like I was expecting that to be like some sort of setup, like, yeah. oh, like these crazy cubes and like, we like gonna throw them in the alien's mouth and it'll like head explode or something like that. Like that's how I thought the setup was gonna be, and then it just like nothing ever happened. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, can you imagine how Justin, great how that would be? How do you really feel about that? The whiskey cube thing? I I, I like when movies like set up things because like in Aliens, they set up like, oh, she can pilot the giant mech thing to like move boxes, and at the end of the movie, you know, she rips you know the alien apart. So it's like set up payoff, but it's like you set up this little the cube thing at the start of the movie, and it's like. You thought the general was going to yeah. kill the aliens but, with his shoe polish? Well, somebody. <laughs> but just like the level of schlock that would have been like to throw yeah. cubes at aliens and then like use a rigged up version of that laser to blow their heads. <laughs> that would have been Perlman awesome. With the, yeah, that would have been great. That would have been so cool. Given one-liners when he's, <laughs> the Hellboy one-liners right. when he's blowing heads up. But they could use it for other things. I'm surprised they didn't have like a, a powdered gun or something like just... If you're going to have a laser that makes whiskey, you've got to use it for something else. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, again, like that's my biggest gripe with this film besides the story generally sucking is that just complete, they completely ignore all these important little details and they never pay off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so thereby the characters are rendered, you know, cliche. Well, it's, it's the Chekhov's yeah. gun rule, right? Yep. If you show the gun in Act 1, it's got to go off in Act 3. Right. There's a lot of Chekhov's guns that don't go off in Act anything in this movie. Yeah, well, the one the one thing that they do set up that didn't pay off at all was the fucking like 
alien human hybrid thing oh the retard baby alien like i said before you know it's like if et landed in like the redneck deliverance town that's what it reminds me of like you know it's fucking gene simmons tongue and everything (laughs) (laughs) it just looks retarded and probably like the worst creature design i think i've ever seen Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. Mm, i do i do i think the stuff you know trying to think of a worse one right now the stuff on farscape like that's a hundred times better than this thing. Are and that was on the about, small screen. Are we only talking about? Oh, we're not talking only about movies then. Yeah, I would say that the the alien human hybrid thing is right up there with the Grither arms. Oh, from the, yeah, Tales from the Dark yeah, Side. Yeah, like the paper mache arms. <laughs> or like that. The yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just so. I don't know what they were trying to do with that thing. It just looks so stupid. It's not even scary. It's stupid. I was rooting when it, I was laughing when it gets sucked through the glass and stuff. Oh like, yeah, and it's like yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. It never scared you. There's nothing that was suspenseful in the movie. Well, right. that's the thing. Like and if they, they had showed like guns. little bits of the alien, like it like hunting or something like that, then it would be scary. But it's just like you know, There's it no popped suspense. out of the queen. It's like Rawr, I'm all here. And it's like you, you're gross and then looking. It, like, like bashes the queen's head off like that and just like removes her jaw and stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, okay, like paper mache. The yeah. only funny thing it does is kill Brad Dorf. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's about all it gets around to. Yeah, but also I don't get like they they get away from it, right? And they run all the way and they're at the ship and then suddenly they turn around and it's fucking there. It's like, oh, hello. <laughs> it's killing oh people. yeah, yeah. The, the ship's pulling away and Ripley makes that yeah. big jump into the ship and then right. it's like, but the airlock's not closing. I fixed that thing a hundred times and and now I think the, they the established. Yeah, I think they established. Oh, like slithered into the little hole, or it's like yeah. what? That, yeah. But it's it like too a big. Cat, like it slithers yeah, in. It's right. too big, and they already established that it doesn't move very fast, like an alien, because it's got like the human part. And maybe it's all awkward. Maybe it's like the Indominus Rex, and it can teleport. I'm not even gonna respond to that. <laughs> maybe the, they probably got the DNA from there. So, so what happens at the end? They're going to Earth. Yeah, yeah. Earth. Again, another and thing that was messed like, up. She's like, uh, what, "What's it going to be like when we land? I don't know. You know, what? That's how it ends. It's like, so what? Well, considering they just dropped a spaceship into Earth that caused a thermonuclear explosion, I don't know if it's. Oh be that yeah, great. the size of like the whole like <laughs> bottom part yeah. of Africa. Like, oh, South Africa is gone from the ship landing yeah. there. Like, <laughs> scramble the jets, send the nukes. Like, yeah, it's not going to be a happy ending. The other thing, like. They just, like, obviously, like, took, like, a picture of, like, Earth from NASA, and it's, like, oh, like, blue and green, and then they get down there, and it's, like, brown and shit. Like, you'd expect at least the the land masses to be, like, kind of shitty looking, like, you know, they were in the, when they got on the ground, but it was just, yeah. like, nope, just Well, we never know what image. happens. We never find yeah. out. Well, I think it was sort of one of those things Joss Whedon probably wrote, like, saying, oh, hey, like, I have this, like, ambiguous ending, they're going to be on Earth, like, being hunted or whatever, and maybe, like, an alien got down there, too, like, ooh. But no. It, no, but the movie was such shit. It just yeah. It, it left it yeah. left a door open for like a a sequel, possibly just a pure alien sequel. But right, and they just, and they did try to get another sequel off the ground after Resurrection, and it didn't work out. They tr- they tried it a couple times, and it just died mm. for adult. obvious reasons. I right. think it died in like you know the script writing stage. It, it should have, though. Yeah. Like, the, the way they left it is, is no good for a continuation. You'd have to back off a bunch of the stuff they did. Yeah. Well, what do you guys think of the director of this movie, the way he did everything? Because I, th- I think the movie was not served very well by the fact that apparently this guy did not speak any English, and the actors really 
didn't know what he was trying to tell them to do? I mean, I don't even think that was the issue. I think the I think the whole screenplay sucked. The story sucked. I think it's weird they had a robot who was programmed to genuflect when it went to a church. Oh, uh, yeah. What was that what? about? Wait, yeah. what are you talking about? When Winona Ryder, the robot, right. goes in the church to plug into the computer, right. she takes a moment to like cross herself, genuflect, and bow a little bit, and it's like, oh. Who the fuck programs a robot to do that? <laughs> Why would I, I didn't even realize a oh, robot it was a church. It was just like they pulled out like a little Kindle with a holy Bible. And like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. like I guess someone was reading the Bible and I like, didn't make that connection. It's like the church. chapel. Okay. But it, she's a, a robot made by robots and she's programmed boring. by the robots to like observe religious custom. It, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Exactly. Your, yeah. your exact head movement there was what I did. Just <laughs> shook my head wildly. <laughs> Another thing too, like the designs they use for the ship interior... They say this is supposed to be 200 years in the future, and yet it looks, it looks like, like 200 in the back. Yeah, it looks like we are back on that fucking prison planet with the design. Like everything's like, like I don't know, just like all the design brown. and like the lighting and like all that crazy fucking Sorry. fog everywhere. Yeah. It's like yeah. it felt like I don't know, like a bad taste in my mouth the whole time. Like yeah. with the ship designs and whatnot. I was like, something's like, wrong with the lighting or something. I just kept my finger on, but it's like, ugh. it's all like metal, um, like grates and stuff, and it ever like water's dripping everywhere, and there's like a bunch of moisture and stuff. It, it looks like, it looks like they just nobody ever thought about like, hmm, how do you like have a military? Sh- how does that look? How does a military ship look? Yeah, two, it was just corridors, kind of, just like metal yeah. corridors with grates and whatnot, and that's. The well, only cool technological part is like the the cages they keep the aliens in, and the way the scientists like come up, they bring the cages up to them and stuff, and mm-hmm. the in the big circular um, kind of viewing box area where they study them. Remind me of that one scene where they have all the uh, people from the ship that they got out yeah. of stasis, and they have the eggs in front of them. Yeah, they're like, they're like oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the stupid monster movie. Oh, that reminds part. me. Yeah. why would you why would you kill the things in the water? The things that. Are- in that scene with a flamethrower, I don't get it. Why would you just break the break the uh, the cylinders that the babies were in? Oh, when they found that one lab with the yeah, crazy she's, hybrid she's thing, it's like she's going crazy with all the flamethrower stuff and because like, uh, fire looks cooler. I don't know. Yeah, I think that was like the crazy. retarded, gratuitous scene that they had extra budget money and blew yeah. it on. <laughs> it was unnecessary. There was like no reason to. No, that that smacks like up Joss Whedon to me. This podcast is necessary. Yeah, it is. But I think that that was like their ham-handed attempt to give her some kind of motivation Power. for what, like wanting to get off the ship and rebel against the, be against the military people. It, I don't know, it didn't really work for me. If I was a clone, I don't think I'd have any sympathy for my other clones that were like dead inside of a, you know, a tube or whatever, like a glass tube or something i just like ron perlman's expression during that whole scene oh he's like like what what the hell's with her or something yeah he's just like woo so he's got that pissed off the the only i like the basketball scene the basketball scene's pretty funny the the one he almost fucked up yes yeah Yeah. what where she where she makes the shot and stuff and he's fucking around with her and she like beats the shit out of him that's pretty oh no well ron Ron perlman almost fucked it up though because if you watch when she makes the shot over her shoulder apparently they had tried that many times and she or she got on the first try or i can't remember what the story is either they try it many times or she got it the first try and if you look there's like a really quick cut because he he starts to turn around and it's because ron perlman is like uh, incredulous and laughing that she got it right totally breaks character so they had to cut away immediately and do like an up-close reaction shot of him 
because he <laughs> fucked up the wide shot. Well, <laughs> but I it's mean, obvious from the basketball scene that she has never played basketball. She's not really an athlete as it relates to basketball. I right, mean, the, the way she I dribbles. Mean, the way she shoots and stuff, it's like, come on. Is that against NBA rules to hit somebody in the face with, like, a, a barbell? No, but, I mean, you want... It's NBA, not. <laughs> in the scene, you want, somebody, you want somebody credible. You want somebody that looks incredible when they're shooting a basketball or dribbling. Yeah. Well, I think that's just one of the things that was like an oversight by the director. It was just like, here's a basketball, go dribble and shoot it. Versus that's like, American. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> versus like, you know, an actual director coming in is like, okay, you know, you need a little training. We'll send you for a few days, you know, right. with, you know, some trainer and you know how to fucking look like you're doing something right, right. rather than flailing. Like, the only thing that works for me in that scene besides the funny Ron Perlman stuff Colleen's is... flail. Yeah, you know the only the only stuff that works for me besides his reactions in that scene is just establishing her character as fundamentally different as she was from the other movies because she's more she's like an alien hybrid now so she's more predatory she has but she's dressed differently too like yeah she, well but she's not interested in helping people you know that's in the, in that at that point. And they established that pretty clearly. Like, she's got that part of the alien in there. So I thought that was good acting by her. It's just, like, an overall not executed very well. Oh, she actually acts pretty well. Yeah, just she was given shit to work with. She was with. given shit to work with. <laughs> I'm just putting a lot of blame on the script. Like, even that clunky, like, don't make me make you. Like, when Winona Ryder's like, I don't want to. Don't make me make you. Like, <laughs> it's not Buffy, man. you got to stop writing like it's Buffy. You need to just take a deep breath and put aside your previous work. But he's gotten better. He has gotten better, but I think that's also because there's more people having input, like in Avengers, saying, "No, you can't do that." Yeah, yeah. Left his own, Joss Whedon left alone to his own devices gets you Alien Resurrection. So remember that, everybody. Next time you think he's God, just think back to 1997. Well, everybody gets a chance to screw up once in a while and improve. Hasn't he improved since? Yeah. Well, that's kind of what we're saying. That. We're just saying there's more people now that whip him into place. Yeah. Like, people have realized that he needs, you know, people to be like, shut up, Joss, that's fucking retarded sometimes. Yeah, he needs like, a little a firm direction, I guess, to be put on the right track, because left is on devices, you get Alien Resurrection, like I said, which I think the script is the biggest problem in the movie, because setting the special effects aside, just the fact that the actors have to deliver this strange dialogue and do this weird, nonsensical story, like, no matter who's directing it, you're you're going to end up with some sort of miscommunication or disaster as a result. I don't think even James Cameron could have saved this if he had to stick with the script. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have saved it because he would have never done it. And he said that like his well, his, yeah. His premise was that the whole thing ends after Aliens. That's the way he set it up, and then they had to go mess with that because money. It's always about the money. <laughs> it is always about the money. Which is about why quality, boys. About quality. Yeah. Not money. Quality, not quantity. Right. Okay, well, we'll put that in a memo to Hollywood. Yeah. It's about quality, not money. I don't think they're going to they're gonna take a lot from that, though. Perhaps not. Well, just, you know, on if you're ranking the films in, like, this alien universe, I think this is the weakest alien film. I do. I think Prometheus is a, a better film than this and Alien 3. But there's still that huge gap between Aliens and everything else, really. Yeah. But it's just like you can't... 
there's really not that much to like about this movie. I, th- I, I put this on the same rung as Prometheus. Really? They're together for me. Yeah, they, they round out the bottom. They both make, like, Prometheus looks prettier, but it, it makes just as little sense. Well, I guess we'll talk about that when we get to it. I think it mm-hmm. makes slightly more sense than, than this film. Uh, more sense than Alien 3, certainly, based on all the original sins of that movie. Like, you know, oh, there's an alien on board, even though they established at the end of Aliens that, nope, they're all dead. Yeah. But just ways to get another movie made. I mean, as long as it makes a profit, like, it's someone's going to be happy and, you know, greenlight it. Or assume they're going to make a profit. As long as there's gullible people that are willing to watch stupid movies like the one we just watched, that you'll never get two hours of your life back. Oh, you know, yeah. it was three ninety nine. You know, I didn't force you to watch it. All right, it was three ninety nine <laughs> still. And you watched it in HD. That didn't make it any better. <laughs> you got to enjoy your Apple TV at least. Okay, whatever. I think HD actually is bad for this movie, though. Yeah, I know. It makes the CGI look worse. Because if you watch it on, like, standard definition, at least some of the effect shots... Right. Like, yeah. Look okay. Like, yeah, but... Yeah, it looks like, you know, the size of a poetry stamp. Like, hey, that alien looks yeah. okay. When it's HD, though, you can tell, like, you can see the lines where they composited the different parts of the shot, like where the ship is in front of the planet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas Star Wars, or fucking uh, Empire Strikes Back, made, what, in 1980? Yeah. When, like, the Millennium Falcon is flying to uh, Bespin that looks so real in comparison to this movie made years and years later. And you can see the, the lines where they diff- they layered the different parts of the scene together. I mean, this is like years after Star Trek The Next Generation went off air and even stuff from their first season that had like a, a, a more seamless application of computer-aided like graphics and compositing the ship into the, the, the shipyard and shit and putting planets in the background like, did anybody watch the rough cut of this before they put it out there? I have to wonder what the editor of this movie was like thinking. Were they rushed for time? Probably. Did they not know what they were doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> was this a non-union editor they got well, from they, like the street corner? They probably couldn't hire ILM, for one thing. Well, yeah, but ILM's not the only game in town. Like, but they are the best game in town. But I mean, they're they, the best. But... They may have been like you know preoccupied, you know, doing Titanic and all of the other movies right. that came out this year. That's what I'm but... saying. They couldn't. They couldn't hire them at that time. Please come on. We're going to spend, what was it, $70 million on a movie? Yeah, 60 $70 million. You find $70 million worth of talent out there to do better CGI. Okay, but go and watch, go and watch Star Trek V and then watch any of the other Star Trek movies and you'll see what I'm talking about because in Star Trek V, <clears throat> they couldn't hire Industrial Light and Magic to do their special effects and they spent a ton of money on that movie and the effects look like crap. And then if you watch the other Star Trek movies where they have ILM doing their stuff... The, the quality of the work is just far above and beyond what they showed in that one. But there are other effects houses yeah, than, than definitely. ILM. Like, they could have found somebody who would do a better job than this. Like The, the quality is it's shocking. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. At one point, they probably just said, okay, it's done. Like We're finished. Like We don't need it to be better. Audiences don't need it to be better, and they're underestimating you know, people's well, keen observation. The thing is, people are... Like, the first couple weekends, people are going to go see it. It's like, Aliens, yeah, I loved Aliens, like, whatever. 
maybe they don't remember the bad taste in the mouth from Alien yeah. 3. So. And to be fair, when you're seeing that, probably if you're thinking in 1997, when you're seeing this on a big screen, you're not watching it in high definition. Mm-hmm. You're you're not watching it in digital or anything. So the CGI probably looks a little more blended into the rest of everything. It's only on subsequent versions like Blu-ray that you can see how much it stands out. Yeah, I guess but I'm not letting them that. off the hook. So. <laughs> I just think that even movies, it, I can't get over the fact that Independence Day came out before this, and it's just. Well, Independence Day used a lot of you know model shots versus. Then use a fucking model shot. <laughs> Don't do everything in the computer. Like. Well, sometimes it's too much work to fucking make a scale White House and blow it up. Like. It's hard work. Yeah. That wasn't real. Huh? No. Wait. The the White House was actually a model in Independence know, Day that they I made thought. and blow up. Yeah. That's he what I'm was, saying. He that's... was asking if the real White House got blown up. Oh, oh, yeah. oh no. okay, okay. Oh, they've rebuilt the real White House like yeah. hundreds of times. At they, least twice. They blow it up oh, every yeah, they movie. Made, yeah. <laughs> At least twice. Some unfortunate incidents. Yeah. But <laughs> that's my point, though. Like, they obviously used models for like the escape pods. That was a model shot. Yeah. When the escape pod went shooting out into space. So <clears throat> do that for the rest of it. It was just a really weird blend, kind of. Yeah. Right. If you got to pick one or the other, because then it looks really fucked up. Or you have to do aliens, where you're gonna do both, sort of, but you're gonna have like your rotoscope things in shadow, yeah. so you can't see they look weird. Right. Well, yeah, that's the thing they did in aliens. Like most of the stuff was blended really well, or model shots, and then there's like one bad shot. Yeah. This whole movie was just bad shots. Bad shots repeatedly. Right. And then like there's like one shot with like model aliens in the little you know scientist tube. Like, okay, well, that looks okay. Even as goofy as the scene was, making out with the alien. Oh, yeah, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know the part where she's getting, uh, she gets taken by the alien to, like, the hive yeah. in this movie? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I didn't know this, and then now I feel really dumb having <coughs> read this and stuff. Apparently, that was the, the interpretation of that scene where she's getting carried by the alien as she, uh, she banged an alien. Yes. Oh, yeah, was it this was like French director? Yeah, thing? it was the, his idea that that was how it's going to be interpreted. That uh, Ripley, you know, fucks an alien and stuff. And, yeah. This seems very unshaven armpits to me. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I think Dad just summed it up for me. I don't need any to say anything more. This movie is a fucking piece of shit. I hate it. Don't watch it. If you do, watch it on TV where you can change the channel. Bye. Yep, that's a good summary. Hit all the high notes for me. I think you should watch it at least once. Especially if you want to talk about it or complain about it being really bad. Yeah, yeah you should. Instead, yeah. watch it on TV, though. So you no, can no, get like, away from it. Don't change the channel. you got to sit down and watch the whole thing start to finish. And or then... watch it where you can scan through it real quick. <laughs> and say so you did. Have it on your TV and have something else on your iPad. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah. Do some, do, this is one movie where it's okay to be watching, like doing something on your phone while you're watching right. it. Do your homework while you're watching this movie because <laughs> it's gonna actually going to help you concentrate more on your, on your studying. Yeah, but just watch You'll it at least on once. It's it's worth watching. It's a it's a good. It lets you know where the franchise was when they floated the idea of the Alien versus Predator movies, and somebody was like, "Yes, please, God, let's do that." Which I think is our the next in our list, right? Chronologically. Oh yeah, God, is it? Okay. It is. AV, to, like, AVP1. I'm going to have to like meditate and mentally prepare myself for that. <laughs> the first one's not bad. Yeah, it is. It's, it's the second one that's the they're problem. They're bullshit. They're bullshit. I'd rather watch Alien vs. Predator 1 than I would watch Alien Resurrection again. All right. Is that yeah. the one with Arnold in it? No. No, that's no, no, Predator. No, that's yeah. Predator, which is actually a awesome movie. 
Well, what's Alien versus Predator? So they had Predator, and then they had Predator 2 <laughs> with uh, Danny Glover, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And and in Predator 2, there's just like a really quick shot of the inside the Predator ship, and he has an alien skull as a trophy. So that was kind of like a little in-joke, but then somebody took that seriously and said like, wow, what if they were in the same universe and the Predators did hunt the aliens for trophies all the time? That would be cool if they fought. And then they made a movie. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Don't invite me to that podcast, please. <laughs> you, you won't. You'll be back in another seven podcasts for number 28. I can't come back earlier? If you want to watch the movies. Yeah, you got to watch the movie, though. Like, that's... Yeah. I'll be back in seven episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Safe. Well, Safe. there you go. So you couldn't get a more ringing endorsement of uh, Alien Resurrection, which I think we all agree sucks. Fuck it. Yep. It blows. Okay. That was authoritative. What does it blow? Just out of curiosity. It blows in so many different ways. <laughs> well, there you have it, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next oh, week. Oh, happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Yeah. Well, we're recording on Father's Day. Just... I was going to get to that, but it'll be probably posted tomorrow. So? So. Happy Father's Day tomorrow, looking back yesterday. Or whatever. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> the same keen chronological sense that leads to Alien Resurrection. So we'll see you next week. Hopefully Sam will be back. If not, we'll carry on. <laughs> <laughs>